Welcome to today at the New Japan Cup on night 12. Can you believe it's been 12 nights, Christy? Um, I cannot. No. No. When we say... uh, how many shows have we done together already? I think you joined me on night four, I think. On night three. Because that was, yeah, you joined me on night, the first two by myself and then when, night three. So that's okay. pretty, that's that's nine shows. That's over nine, well, nearly 15 hours we've done. Wow. <laughs> we've done together. I'm doing wow. two shows today because I'm doing this show with you and I'm doing Music of the Mat with Andy later today and then I'm doing the final with you tomorrow and then the uh, A Troopany show recording with um, John tomorrow afternoon. And I think I'll be up at 20 hours of podcasting by the end Lots of the week. Lots of wrestling for you. Yes. Yes, I still have Do to watch. Do you still have stuff. opinions left, or? <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Whoa, I've got, I got opinions about this. Woof. Um, oh yeah. Well, we... some some things happened. Yeah. It shook up the world. Indeed. Did, did, me and Christy were kind of joshing around about a certain result we wanted, and suggested that if there was any time for divine intervention, now would be it. This is not what we was asking for, God. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no, so maybe we shouldn't be playing with those kind of things. And in future, we'll leave well alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it yes. wasn't my fault, I swear. No, no, probably mine. Um, usually <laughs> is. Let's go with that. Yes. Yeah. So the opening match was Iwe Umura and Juice Robinson sporting his mighty fine Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championship belt against Great Okan and Jeff Cobb which, as you can imagine, was not going to bode well for Yua Uemura and Juice Robinson on the grounds that Juice Robinson wasn't with Dave Finlay. <laughs> In which case, this would have been a match of an entirely different complexion. However, it was fun, and Uemura did get some shining moments, like a big body slam on Jeff Cobb, which was very cool. What did you think of this one, Christy? Um, the first thing I've written down is, where's Hanare? <laughs> Because I thought we decided this was going to be the storyline feud between United Empire and Jews and Hanare, so Hanare can turn heel. Yes. So where is he? He's brooding somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I showed you the yeah. The backstage his, thing, his right? Broody edginess. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's like. It's quite clearly something is going on. Yes, he's he's gonna go buy a My Chemical Romance album and a denim jacket. <laughs> yes. He's going to paint his eyes black. And... Yes. Oh no, he's gone emo. Um, yes, one of the kids at school has gone emo. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yes, seriously, he's got a two thousand eight haircut. Uh, he's had to walk with his eyes at the top of his head so we can actually see where he's going. Uh, this yeah, this was perfectly fine. It, how long was it? Eight minutes and forty four seconds. Seemed longer, but it was good. Yeah, Maybe it was it's... good, and it, it was really. Um, it made me realise how much I missed an English commentary. Yes, very much so. Actually, as much as I respect the Japanese commentary, and it's fine. It's just so much easier to know what the points are that are being made, like what story they're supposed to tell. Yes. And Chris, Gino and Kevin were on fire today. This was like the best commentary they'd done on anything, I think. And they had a lot of heavy lifting to do, to be honest with you, um, which we'll get to in a bit. 
Um, but yeah, they were they were funny. They made clear points. Kevin Kelly said at one point uh, because they had some issues with the uh, arena sound being too loud in their ears. Yes. Yeah. And he goes, um, I can't hear what's be uh, what's being said because juice is too loud in my ears. And I said to myself, that, well, that's basically every juice match ever. Really. <laughs> <laughs> like in this case, it's the arena sound being too loud, but. Yes. For us, juice is just too loud all the time. I, I don't understand how the arena sound was low, low, so loud because there was barely anybody there. I don't know. 1200... Maybe that's why they, 12... they turn it up. Possibly for, to compensate. 1,230 people there. Really? Was there? Was there really? Well, 12... it was a big sporting yeah, arena. It, it was, but... I don't know. It just looked massive and unfilled seats as far as the eye could see. Like behind the where the hard cam was, once the lights came up, you could just see there was just empty seats forever. And I, I joked on Ian Hamilton from Four One Mania, and we tend to watch these events and message each other as, as when we're watching it live. And he said, "There's no one there. It's just like watching a, a Premier. It's like watching an early FA Cup game in football where." Uh, Liverpool go play a, a non-league team from somewhere in the back end of Sussex and the Sussex crowd bring 3,000 people with them and the, the Liverpool fans turn up and it's just like dotted around Anfield and I was like it does look a bit like that um, but yeah they 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 were loud but it was a big room I suppose as well yeah it was really really big it, yeah like, commentary talks about it as well it's a big sporting venue so I'm, maybe it just looks less than it is, fewer than it is. Yeah, I mean, Sendai Girls run Sendai Slum Plaza as their big venue, which is the 2,000-seater, which would have actually handily held this crowd with COVID restrictions, and they perhaps should have gone there. <laughs> I don't know. I thought bit... it looked cool. I, I, big, I, I, uh, like the, I like the ring. I like the, the ring around where the, the tiers were, and you got all the graphics and stuff. That was cool. I felt like big arena wrestling. But it just looked very empty as well. I was concerned about that. <laughs> you are always concerned about the numbers when it when, comes to attendance. When they're getting outdrawn by Joshi promotions that are much, much smaller and with about a third, well, about 3% of the media budget that New Japan have. Yes, yes, I am. I'm sure it'll be fine. Okay, then. Yeah, I'm sure Bushy Road are not going to run out of money anytime soon. No. Um, right, would you like to, to move on to the second match? Yes, let's. Okay, then. Um, Bullet Club, Jado, Chase, Owens and Bad Luck Farley lost to show Yoshihashi and Toriyano uh, with uh, Toriyano taking a schoolboy finisher over Jado in 7 minutes and 58 seconds. There wasn't an awful lot to this, to be fair. <laughs> it kind of just happened, and there was nothing wrong with what happened. It wasn't particularly memorable. It was okay. I don't think it was going to tear Therese up. Anyway, there was a lot of like talk about the reminders of who was Intercontinental Champion in this match. Like, what about Bad Luck Farley's um, legacy as a former Intercontinental Champion? Should the World Championship be founded? And I'm like, 
he held the belt for like two weeks and defended it once, but all right. <laughs> I, I think they might just be making the Ibushi thing even bigger. Like, yes. As if everyone has an opinion on it. They just yeah. aren't saying some, anything. Do you know what the, the salient point with that, actually? His point was, what about the guys that, you know, like MVP, who was the first uh, intercontinental champion, and... You know, it was his crowning achievement in his New Japan run. The one thing of his career, you know, he always wanted to be a New Japan wrestler. He was a champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He helped establish the company in America. Is it erasing his legacy? And that's a... Gino comes up with good arguments. He's not your dumb heel commentator who hates everybody. Sometimes he is, but... Yeah. <laughs> Other times he makes sense. Yeah, but he, he's, he's good at... Uh, giving commentary from the heels perspective without uh, making you want to listen to him without um, just hating him because he's horrible, which is what a lot of heel commentators these days seem to think is the right way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes they just go against everything that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know that the sensible point is the opposite of what they're doing, but Gino isn't like that. And that also makes the Ibushi storyline so interesting because it's not just heels who don't agree with what Ibushi is doing. No, it's and it ranges in the baby faces from indifference to active hostility to oi son yeah. and we need a word. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's it has become a fascinating talking point within that. And I think that's the that's really important as well. Uh but yeah, Toriano won this match. Toriano looking good, as usual. Shame he yeah. went out of the tournament so early. <laughs> I think that's also why the, the match felt so non-serious. Like, you've got Fale, you've got Jado, you've got Chase, you've got Yano. They're not known for their serious matches. It's mostly comedy stuff and shenanigans. And... Shenanigans so you... was a battle. Shenanigans, yeah, shenanigans yes. was the word I would, I would use here, definitely. So that, that takes up a lot of time. Especially yeah. because Fale, nine times out of ten, isn't going to wrestle a straight match. No. And you kind of need shenanigans to explain why uh, Fale doesn't win everything. on <laughs> size alone. Yes. Remember when Fale was a regular main eventer? And I, yeah, I remember. Yeah. And he was actually not that bad. I remember <laughs> a great match he had with Elgada. But then yeah. again, everyone has a... Great matches with Okada. Yeah, that was when Okada was like, I think, I won't say his peak, I think that two-year run was his peak, but that was, what, his third reign we had that match with Farley. But he made Farley look like a million dollars after Farley had been kicking around in the openers for about six months. And then the Chaos team decided to put show against Farley. Of course you do. <laughs> like, Jano was pretending he was going to start, and then suddenly he tagged in show and was like, no, you do it. And show looked at me like, me? The, the junior heavyweight with the least experience against him, yeah, 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 yeah. makes sense. Yeah, of course it logic. Does. It is a thing, right? Drag racing. If you've got a crew of drag racers are going up against another crew of drag racers, they'll try and put one of their their absolutely dead slowest guy up against your fastest guy, because if the slowest guy wins, then he's Sorry, if the, the fastest guy wins, he's not beat anybody and he's taking him away a race from somebody else. Whereas if your slow guy could win, and there's always a chance in drag racing something could go drastically wrong because they're incredibly powerful cars that go very fast for an eighth or a quarter of a mile, yeah. you put your slowest guy in, 
against these big, powerful cars, hoping that they will lose grip and your slowest car can beat them. And that's that's where I'm thinking they were coming from. If our smallest guy sure? can, because can, I don't think there's always the a chance. The same way. There's always a chance that Farley could get distracted by this small person. Yeah, but if he's not distracted, then the match is over in 20 seconds. It, it's, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's not a risky strategy. <laughs> You're thinking Yano thoughts. Yeah, there are elements that may ha- cause you issues in the long term. But every once in a while, when everything aligns right, it can all work. Uh, I guess. I've seen Bushy feud <laughs> with Farley. But I guess it could, could happen. Yes. Uh, but yeah, shall we move on to the next one, or are you happy with that? I have a couple of more comments. Oh, okay. <laughs> First of all, Kevin Kelly said at one point that show is knocking on the door of champion Desperado. Yes. And I was like, he is? Yes, he's literally going round to his house and knocking on the front door. Can I borrow a cup of sugar? Yeah, but this is an example of something I must have missed during commentary, because at no point in this tour have I felt that show was gunning for Desperado uh, the last tour there was elements of that and I think they've called each other out over social media and stuff but there's been no heads up, well yeah Despi has only been on one show, show's done them all yeah. so and, <laughs> and he's been talking to Ishimori and he's called Ishimori out and there's been I know that Bushy made a comment in a backstage segment somewhere, Yeah, I don't remember show doing anything that made me think, oh, he's going to go for the championship. No. So it, it was strange to me. It's like I've... they're setting up that both, well, Ishimori, Bushi, and Sho want to go after Desperado. Oh, we're going to get a three way match tomorrow with the winner getting uh, Despi at Sakura Genesis. Wouldn't surprise me because it, it came out of left field for me, the show comment. That makes more sense, I suppose. You've got to kind of come up with the number one contender. Kind of didn't really want it to be a three-way match, but yeah. Because well, it I... makes sense that they want to drag it out a bit. Yeah. Because they don't have too many contenders right now, so if they uh, give him Ishimori, then you only have two guys left. So now you can um, drag it out a bit by making yeah. it a three-way I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I think it's... Um, there's a, I kind of want it to be like... Uh, you, in one sense, you've just had Best of Super Juniors and then you just had a, you know, uh, a mini tournament for the title. Surely you should have ordered your challenges by now. You don't need any more help making the decision. You've just ranked them all. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, apparently, the ranking is different when it's against Esperado than. Yeah. Is, uh... So it's just like that doesn't make any sense. Just be more organized. If, you, if you've not got a clipboard. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. Like Bushi was never going to be Hiromu, so he's already out. If you'd left the ranking the same way. Yeah. Ishimori had just feuded with Hiromu, so he wasn't going to be in the rankings, and Sho had already lost. So they kind of gave up on the rankings. Yeah. And I started th- all over again. I suppose so. But I think it's difficult, to be honest with that. I think yeah. it makes more sense the way... Um, it, makes, like, it makes more sense if you've got consistency to what you're trying to do. 
And with the junior heavyweight division as well, they wrestle each other that much in tag matches and they wrestle each other in big tournaments and there's two tournaments. You can do it. It's easy. It's not that hard. Yeah, it would have made sense if Desperado had been on the tour more. Yes, that would have also made sense. But I'm guessing they were giving him a rest after like you know some big matches recently. Which, so. which he, he deserves. I mean, he, he's rested a lot. And I imagine that this, he wasn't supposed to be on the tour that he was on when he won the title. Mm. I imagine yeah. he was supposed to have his time off then. Yeah. And then Hiromu got injured. So they were like, um, Despi, Kanemaru, please come back. <laughs> we need you. Now. We need some help. Yes. But then why put him in one show? Was that solely to to start the Ishimori stuff? I assume so. Um, That's just like, you know, I I don't know. It's just one of the things, isn't it? I mean, there was suddenly one show where all the Suzuki gun was at. And then they were gone again until today. It depends. I suppose it depends on where everybody's living. If they're all living in Tokyo, and there's a few that don't. So, you know, I mean, like, it used to be they would miss, Bullet Club would miss the CMLL tour, the Fantastic Mania tour, because mm-hmm. you didn't need all them gaging working, because you had plenty going on between the other factions and the CMLL guys. So you leave Bullet Club at home. No, you don't really need, you, you lads have two weeks off, and then we'll run the CMLL guys instead. And then, yeah, so it's just the way it, it worked, wasn't it? So... Whereas they haven't had that this year, so they've not been able to rotate people in and out the way they have been doing in the past. So yeah, it, it makes sense that they rotate, and I'm yeah. all for that because people need to rest. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Lij to get their time off, honestly. But yeah, like just him being there for one show out of the like twelve there are. It's, it make, makes me think if there was a reason behind it and that reason might have been to put Ishimori up against him again. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a long-term kind of benefit from it. But Which yeah. makes me think they might go, might have Ishimori win. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The hypothetical three-way we were talking about. Yeah, I think Despy's going to keep the belt for a while. I don't I think so. he's going to lose. I think they need to establish him as a long-term champion. Because they need... If Hiromo's going to keep having to have six months off every year or so, you need a guy who's going to be able to be... You need a Bret Hart to your Shawn Michaels, if you see what I mean. You need mm-hmm. someone who's going to be a steady pair of hands for the division who's not going to let the house burn down. So... And Despy is definitely that guy. He's perfectly made for that role. So, yeah, I think that's probably the way to go. Okay, well, talking about injuries, I had one more comment. Yes? That Yoshihashi seems to be injured again on the same shoulder as all the years before. Is it actually injured, though? I don't know. (laughs) Because the tape is back. The tape was gone. And now the tape is back. And yeah. today the tape was back. And it's like, oh, here we go again. Our good old friend, the tape is back. We've had two We've had two uh, big name matches out of Yoshiashi on this tour. And that seems to be about his limit. So That's when his shoulder breaks yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, I mean, equally, last the last New Japan Cup, he was supposed to have a career-ending shoulder injury. And he was back two days later. So He's just really strong. 
He yeah. just fights through all these injuries. Yes, just I think the office wanted him to have a career-ending shoulder injury for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of fits him the the tape. Like he's a makeshift kind of wrestler. Yes, all together with sticky tape kind of wrestler. Yeah, yeah. He, he's only there because he wants to be there so much. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. That's kind of the character with all those chaos guys, isn't it? They they love wrestling. That's why they're there. Yeah. But even they get tours off. No yeah. Ishii today. That's... No, no Goto today. No Ishii, no Goto. And they've done most of the tour, so... Yeah. I'm sure they'll be happy with the break. Any other questions or any commentary on those nope. two? Okay. Let's get, let's get to Suzuki Gun and LRJ. Suzuki Gun and LRJ. That will be where Bushi, Sonada and Tetsuya Nato would defeat Duki, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taishi when Sonada put the skull end on Duki and it was lights out for Duki, as you could imagine. Uh, no doki choki today. Uh, there was plenty of choking, as Kevin uh, did say. The Greco no Greco Roman choke was in full effect today. Tai Chi being the best at that, and NATO was very angry. Yes, Tai Chi is pissed, um, and Naito um, was trying to emulate his choking ability, but found it difficult. Much to the chagrin of Gabriel Kidd, who was choked out at the end of the match as they practiced on him. And they were all mad at Milano as well. Like, like they blame him for what Tai Chi's become. <laughs> like, how, how dare you teach him useful things? Yes. 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 Yeah. It, it, was, it was paradise lock day today. But, yeah, it was kind of a bad-tempered affair. They don't like each other very much, which, of course, made it much more fun for us. Um. <laughs> yeah, and it's also really fun to see LRJ versus Suzuki Gun now because they're kind of kind of on even even playing field now. Yeah, because LRJ was always the ones who were on top, and Suzuki Gun were the snivelling little heel faction trying to overthrow the popular guys, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're both edging towards face. They're kind of face in the eyes of a fans, even if maybe New Japan doesn't quite agree yet. And it's yes. just a lot of fun, especially because Tai Chi and Naito are always hilarious together. They are, because they're kind of similar characters, but not. Yeah, it's like Naito is the the person who has a lot of passion, but pretends to be lazy. Like yes. he, He's on the active side of lazy. Like He wants to pretend he's lazy, but he always ends up doing the most. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Whereas Tai Chi is the exact opposite of that. He's someone who pretends he's wonderful and he's going to win everything and he's a star when he's just too lazy to be bothered. <laughs> yeah. Like he could be a champion, but there's not enough in him to do that. Like there's moments where he wants to wants to win and then the next day he's too lazy. He's Deadpool. Yeah. Is it like in the sense that Deadpool could be a superhero if he really wanted to be? Yeah, make more it, of an effort. But he, he he just he just can't be bothered. It's easier to be a mercenary. The pay is better. Um, but it's, it's like that's the thing, isn't it? Like Deadpool. Deadpool wants to be loved and seen as a hero without actually being a hero. 
There was a yeah. convers- conversation between him and Spider-Man and Deadpool. Spider-Man broke him out of jail one time. And he was like, why are you breaking me out? I thought you thought I was a bad guy. He said, that's the difference. He says, I am loved. You want to be loved. <laughs> and that's Tai Chi. He, he desperately wants to be loved by somebody, but he doesn't want to go through the actual effort of being noble and taking the high road and doing all the right things. And that's, that's where he and Nigel are similar again, because Nigel also <laughs> wants to be loved. Yes. And the fact that he was shunned makes him mad. Yes. And maybe he's mad at Tai Chi because he recognizes himself in Tai Chi. He was, Naito was worth shunning. He was a snuggling little runt at the time, to be honest. So. <laughs> That's so mean. It was. We had the personality you weren't cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that press conference he gave like before Wrestle, the WrestleMania, WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, where he wrestled on Eater. And I'm going to win the championships. Oh, the fan of New Japan. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and then, then he went to Mexico. And he was a good back. little baby face, but he was too boring. He was. It was like watching paint dry. Like, oh, no, he's wrestling. He's, he's no longer boring because him and I, from the very beginning of the match, I was like, they, these two are going to have a ball together. Yes. Because did you did you see the way that Naito was trying to get Tai Chi to hold open the ropes for him? <laughs> yes. And then Tai Chi did, and the yes. very moment Naito made to step through the ropes, Tai Chi let go. <laughs> and that's just such a Tai Chi action. And there's also such a Naito action, like, make an effort for me. And Tai Chi's like, yeah, I'm making an effort for you, but only to be a dick to you. Yeah, that's it. It's the irresistible force walking away from the irresistible force. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, and we, we have to do one more thing if we're talking about Tai Chi. Oh, yes. Happy belated birthday to the Emperor. There you go. There we go, because it was his birthday, I think, yesterday or the day before. Oh, happy birthday, Tai Chi. Happy birthday. You oh, can I'm still not... go home, but you, you can go home slower. <laughs> Several years ago, I used to hate him. Well, yeah, I mean, I, still, I still, still do, really. <laughs> but... He's watchable now. He's he was a scumbag, but he's yeah. like he's become our scumbag. Yeah, he was. I mean, I think it's literally been the last eighteen months. I think that first big feud he had with Naito was was really where he started to kick it in a gear, and it was like I can't just go through my career being this awful human being that has terrible matches, and I hope to get away with it. I've managed to get away with it for the last ten years, and now I actually have to do something. <laughs> and it's like. And then once you realize that, it's been a plain sailing. It's been good. It's been cool. And a lot of that comes like he gets respect by proxy in the sense of he got better since he'd been tagging with ZSJ because ZSJ is cooler and therefore Tai Chi is cooler by um, extension. Extension, yeah. You know. So, yeah. yeah. And character wise, it also showed that there's something redeemable about him. Yes, which is really where the start of the Suzuki Gun face turn kind of began. Yeah, because Taichi, there's, I wouldn't say there's never been anything redeemable about him because him and Mio, as much as he kayfabe wise, I'm talking mm. completely kayfabe, abuses her. Yeah. He also is protective of her. Yeah. I remember uh, a feud he had with Taguchi, and Taguchi went way too far. 
like grabbing Mio and throwing yeah. himself on her and making gross comments. Yeah. And his comments were like, you can't do that to, to a woman. No. Keep your hands to yourself, you pervert. And yes. it's like, that's the first moment I was like, this character is an asshole, but he can also recognize right from wrong. Yeah, there's a moral center to him. It was a lot more yeah. of a complex moral center than yeah. It just than that, than... nine times out of ten, he just doesn't care about the moral center. Mm. Like he can see what right and wrong is, but he just can't be bothered to do the right thing. Yeah. But then the one time that he does, because he really feels something, that's when you can see that there is a good guy in there somewhere. Yeah. It's I, I do like the fact that it was like when he was with AJPW, he was like Misawa hated him. <laughs> Just really hated him and bullied him and picked on him. And even now, like when they see each other in public, and this is all kayfabe, of course, but when they see each other in public, Masao will see him and walk across the room to avoid him. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I understand that. She's like, I, 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 I'm desperate to get approval from my mentor. However, however, I don't really need it. It's fine. And that's, yeah. and that's, the, that's basically... And the, the irony as well is that in real life, he's so popular with the guys. Yes, but... But Masawa gave him that gift. If he hadn't, if he hadn't bought into that to start with, when when um, Tai Chi was a rookie, you know the whole Tai Chi character wouldn't work, would it? Mm-hmm. It's given him this massive chip on his shoulder, but he's just got too many character flaws to be able to correct it. That's why yeah. it's taken him so long. And he's too lazy as well. Like one yeah. of his biggest character flaws is laziness. So correcting something that's wrong about you takes him years. Yeah, that's it. You know, all those years wasting his time in the junior division when he got his act together, he could have been IWGP junior heavyweight champion. How many times? Like I imagine, if Tai Chi had wanted to and had asked, he could have made it to heavyweight like five, six years before he did. Yeah, there were outside factors as why he didn't make it as a heavyweight, but um, you know, for, for political reasons because mm. of things he did. But um, cheating is the worst. Yes, it is, and it's not pleasant. But you yes. know. I'm not saying it's good, but comparatively, I would class oh, we, things as worse. We we look back on that as the halcyon days of uh, female treatment in New Japan Pro Wrestling, really. But there <sighs> you go. Anywho, um, yeah. Sorry, so I, every time we get into a downer, even when we're talking nice things about somebody, we go, "Oh shit, yeah." Many <laughs> assholes in wrestling. So. True, but yes, but he has actually redeemed himself and has been genuinely remorseful about what he did and what he said. He's done it right. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons why we have less of a problem with him than other people. Yep. Yeah. Okay, then. Then we moved on to a big dream match: Bullet Club, Kenta, Jay White, and Yujiro Takahashi went up against Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kota Ibushi. Three men who have. Nine years combined as IWGP heavyweight champion. Something like 6,000 days, I think Kevin said. 65 defenses between them. The three, two of the greatest IWGP heavyweight champions of all time and the current IWGP heavyweight champion. And this was a bit disjointed because there was an earthquake in the middle 
which isn't something you get to say very often. And uh, I would like to point out, I was the first person to start making John Tenter earthquake jokes, and everybody else started thinking like me. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the earthquake bit, bit first. Yes. And then get to the match. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, so they actually got as far as tying up. We'd kind of go a little bit into the match, and then the camera shoots to the ceiling because it shakes too much. The lights come on, and everything stops. And we have 20 minutes of Akada, Nato, sorry, not Nato, Akada, Bushi, Tanahashi kind of just hanging out at ringside. And uh, Tana showing off his abs, and <laughs> Ibushi doing press ups. Yeah, so Ibushi doing press-ups at one point. And then there was a clapping contest between Ibushi, Tanahashi, and Okada. And, of course, Okada, as the master clapper, if you will, uh, helped entertain the crowd until things could get going again. Yeah, it, it was so weird. I was watching it, and then suddenly the camera starts to shake. I'm like, why are they still on this camera point? Like, I was assuming that it was a mistake. Yeah. And they simply not realized and that they were going to go to a different camera, which wasn't shaking in like a couple of seconds. And then suddenly it shoots to the ceiling, like you said. Yeah. And it starts filming the, the ceiling and the lights <laughs> there. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And it took commentary a bit as well to realize what was going on, because obviously they're not there. And uh, Charlton was the only one who was in Japan and he could feel something so at one point he said i think it might be an earthquake and at that point only jay was still in the ring and he seemed really confused um and all the wrestlers got to the outside of the ring at that point and jay took all the titles did you see the pictures yes yes looking yes. after the belts was jay it's like <laughs> it's okay guys the titles are safe i've got them yes <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, what you said, the, the, the faces were um, helping keeping the crowd calm and showing their abs because nothing can fix a day like Tanahashi's abs. Or Tana's hair. Or his hair, which yeah. looked amazing as usual. Resplendent as it was. Yeah. And it was so weird. I thought about it before, like, what, ha what what happens when there's an earthquake? Because we all know that in Japan, it's quite regularly an, an issue for them. And then it happened. Yeah. As far as I can tell, I've never seen one on New Japan World or any of the previous streaming services that they used to use. Like, um, It's just, yeah, it's just, I've never seen it happen. No. No. And it's like, it's a bit strange. And... Yeah, I kind think, of a... hopefully everyone's okay in Japan, but I think in the venue it was fine. Yeah, they they checked the venue for about twenty minutes if it was okay to continue, and they said if there's more tremors, then we'll have to cancel the show. But there weren't, and it seemed to be okay. And like Kevin Kelly said, the building was very recently built, so it was up to all the earthquake standards. Yeah. So it seemed like it was fine in the building. So I hope it's the case around Japan as well. Um, it was apparently quite a big one. Yeah, there was a um, there was a tsunami warning for the East Coast yeah. as well. So 
hopefully everything's been okay today. Yeah, crossing um, my fingers for the news. Yeah, I mean, we were joking a little bit about it, but obviously it's a serious thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was kind of, I, th I think it was okay to joke as we knew nothing had happened in the building, but then, yeah. you know, as well, it, there were some other jokes that were not good, but there you go, as people are stupid. Um, but yeah, and then after that, the match kind of got kicked off again. And the match itself was interesting because it played on the, atten the tension between Tanahashi, Okada, and Debushi, or more specifically, the tension between Tanahashi, Tanahashi and Okada and Debushi. Not just though, because basically Okada seemed really mad. Yes. Like, Okada was the one who was clearly in the very middle of the tension. Yes. Like, as much as Tanahashi and Ibushi have tension because what Ibushi is doing, yeah. Okada seemed to be the one who was showing it to the outside the most. Yeah, certainly. And I think Tana... I think Tana's expressed it verbally mm -hmm. and was like, well, we've got a match to win, let's get on with it. Yeah, yeah all right then. Uh, and Okada was just like, Mm. <laughs> yeah, for, for the people who haven't been able to watch it, it yeah. was, a lot of the stuff was um, Okada not tagging people in, or Tanahashi wanting to tag in, and Okada, Okada seeing that, and then tagging himself in, yes. instead of allowing Tanahashi to tag in, yes. or just him refusing to tag Ibushi, and then yes. Ibushi forces like for, forces the tag, uh, and Okada clearly isn't pleased. Yeah, Okada refused to pose at the very beginning, like Tanahashi and Ibushi were posing for the cameras, and Okada wasn't there. And you could see that as he's not a champion, so he's not going to pose with the champions. Yeah, but it's also quite clear disinterest. Yeah, like he, he was leaning in the corner, looking like he wasn't happy to be there. Yeah. Whereas they're supposed to be friends now. And and that, yeah, they're not in the same faction. Yeah. But they're supposed to be on the same side. I think, I don't think Akada has a problem with Tanahashi. I think Tana, he's fine with. Tana has not caused him an issue. Tana is not because he did refuse to, uh, to allow Tanahashi to tag in. So I think he did that at least twice. Yeah, I think I so, remember. but I think Tana would probably Tana as a character would see that as a card as natural frustration, and I think they could talk it through. Maybe, but I don't think you could talk Ibushi and Akada through. <laughs> it, it, to me, it kind of looks like the turmoil that's going on right now is um, becoming clear in the top stars in the company. Yes, like Okada, Tanahashi, and Ibushi can't agree. No. And they are basically right now the foundation for the company. Like without yeah. Okada and Tanahashi, you wouldn't have New Japan the no. way it is right now. And Ibushi is clearly the center of the turmoil. Yes. Like Okada and Tanahashi are both disagreeing with the way Ibushi is doing this, but they are also so different that they can't agree in the same way if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, Ian Hamilton, we was discussing it and suggested, we did come up with a suggestion that Akada and Ta Tana should just kind of leave Ibushi to it and go off down the pub. Um, yeah, but then and, they can't because 
New yeah. Japan is theirs. Yes, this is the thing, isn't it? They're kind of stuck in this situation. I, I think I think you're right. I think the, the big tension is obviously between Okada and Ibushi. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't think Tanahashi is forgiven Ibushi. And like I said, I think Akada, Tanahashi could see the frustration with Akada because Akada's more likely to say something because he's always been outspoken. And I think Tana can see where Akada's coming from. Yeah, and also there may be some frustration for Okada. Like, Tanahashi, you're supposed to be the one who keeps New Japan afloat. Do something about this. Yeah. Make and this it is, happen. Uh, Isa, who is a, a wrestling photographer who's written quite a few bits for Steel Chair and stuff, she pointed out, so DDT Boy gets to call all the shots now, does he? Yeah. Which is a perfectly reasonable thing to say, I think. You know, is is like... You were the ace of another company, and you come here and think you can run everything just because you're a big draw. Which, yeah, that's that's how wrestling yeah, politics it's... works in the real world. But we're talking about the storyline of New Japan, aren't we? Yeah, that might also be it. Like Okada looking at this, like I'm the how many time champion, and I don't want this. Tanahashi yeah. is the how many times champion, and it's basically the foundation of New Japan, and he doesn't want this. No. So why is this happening? Yeah. Why and, is this one-time champion telling us what's going to happen to these belts that we've worked so hard for? Like, Okada represents the heavyweight title and Tanahashi re- represents the intercontinental title. And they're both saying, we don't want this. Yes. literally, this is the one calling the shots. Literally the strongest and the best. Yeah. You know, it's... It's... it's yeah, it's... It's a brilliant thing to play out. And it also plays into, I was actually thinking about this today as well, in the sense of one of the things in politics we've discovered over the last three years is part is painting people into impossible positions. And Ibushi mm-hmm. has painted the Hontai and Chaos locker rooms into impossible positions, whether it was intentional yeah. or in, in that, that mirrors like, this week, we've been talking utter drizzling bollocks about flags all week for no apparent reason because some Grant snaps at a Union Jack and someone went, <laughs> look at the size of that flag. Doesn't it look stupid? And everyone, well, why aren't you Why aren't you patriotic to the flag? And so this on and so America. forth. And it's like, the fuck? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? No one cared about the Union Jack until three weeks ago. And it's like, and it, it and that's what I mean. Ibushi as Ibushi is the Tory party. He's painted his own people into a corner and yeah. is is kind of offended that they're offended. And yeah, it's like and it's, it's also like in this match it was so clear to me what the story is because on the one side you have the dream team. Yeah. Imagine a couple of years ago having Tanahashi, Okada and Ibushi on the same team. Yeah. Never would have happened. Then on the other side, you've got Bully Club, who basically represents people trying to take over New Japan. Yeah. But in this story, they are not the enemy. No. In fact, the Bullet Club wrestlers, Kenta J. White and Yujiro Takahashi, agree with Okada and Tanahashi. Yeah. So the actual enemies are not the normal enemies, but the people inside their own circle of people, like a group. Yeah. Like the enemy is Ibushi's ideals. Yeah. And everyone seems to have an issue with, even the heels. 
which to be fair has always been the problem with Ibushi. Mm -hmm. It's always been his way, his, his way of wrestling, the way he wants to achieve wrestling is different to everybody else's. Yeah. That isn't to say he hasn't worked hard and he hasn't done things in a way that the others have, but he hasn't gone through the dojo and done the excursions and, and done all the things that they did that made them New Japan wrestlers. He did it a different way. And now you're kind of like in this position of, right, both of these views are equally valid, but you're not steeped in New Japan history like we are. Because Bullet Club guys are New Japan guys, first and foremost. The entire point of Bullet Club was using New Japan principles against New Japan. And though they are Bullet Club first, they're New Japan second, and will defend those philosophies to the dying breath because they wouldn't be Bullet Club guys if they didn't. Mm. You know, in certain ways, Kent is an odd pick for a Bullet Club guy because he's not New Japan-y enough. <laughs> yes um and so is evil to an extent because evil wasn't isn't purebred tokyo is he he's animal hamaguchi and then um you know so is nato that's one of the reasons why lij kind of fits so well because they weren't all new japan new japan guys they come from different places you know so it's yeah, it's interesting, I think. It's interesting how this plays out. I kind of love that about this storyline, that there's the obvious enemies aren't enemies anymore. It's yeah. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Like, yeah. Bullet Club are never going to agree with Tanahashi or Okada, except on this bit apart. Yeah. They agree. They're not going to fight together because they can't. No. There's too many differences between them, which is also the issue between Okada and Sanahashi. Like, they agree, but there's way too much history between them to unite against Ibushi the way people maybe would like them to. Yeah, and the whole point is Tanahashi and Okada came together to keep Bullet Club out. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it, it's complicated, which is what great storylines are about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's never that easy. Um, and I'm still curious to see where they're going. Yeah, I think so as well. Can you make this happen when clearly 95% of your locker room, in kayfabe at least, doesn't agree with the decision being made? And most of the fans don't either. Nope. And this is the issue. This is the fascinating thing for Ibushi. He's been given a really rough hand. <laughs> well, I haven't watched the English language shows. You have, right? Yeah. Has commentary mentioned that the fans are against it? Yeah. Well, yes. When he defended against a, a Despy at the 45th anniversary show, they talked yeah, about I it there. That. Yeah, yeah. But not these shows but not these shows no so i'm not sure if they've been told by head office to stum or if opinion has actually shifted i think fans can see the business sense of it if wwe is suing them for the intercontinental name yeah you change it you can't you do something but i think the new japan fans are as well somewhat offended like why didn't you fight for this and also, why didn't you just let us know, maybe? Yeah, why don't you just be and open just with it? tell us. We're going to rename it the Intergalactic Heavyweight Championship or whatever, you know. 
uh, do I come up with a cool name that's that's not funny like that? <laughs> uh, instead of just like treat the fans like grown ups, that's that's another issue that New Japan have a problem with sometimes. Um, just tell us because now now it's like they're getting rid of it, and maybe they're trying to elevate the Never title. Because yeah. commentary talked about Jay White possibly going after the Never title and elevating that. But that kind of like then there's the legacy of the Never Openweight Championship, which kind of gets because it was kind of the championship for essentially King's Road style wrestling, wasn't it? It was the mm-hmm. you know it was the the big heavy hitters who had long protracted matches that were all about violence, like Ibushi and uh, not Ibushi, like Ishii and Goto and Suzuki. It was the mid-carders title, a genuine mid-carders title, because the Intercontinental Championship was so highly thought of. I was always like, not the same as the IWGP Championship, but certainly booked in a way that made it special. It made it felt like a world championship. So therefore, mm-hmm. you know, it was kept always at the the top of the card. Whereas the Never Openweight Championship was a genuine stepping stone championship. There was a a sense that what like NATO would not be the main event player he is today without that Never Open cha- Never Openweight Championship run where Ishii made him, you know, yeah. even even though Nato lost, losing to Ishii in such a heavy way was the catalyst for Nato turning heel, was the catalyst for LIJ, was the catalyst for Chaos becoming face. It was the final, you know, that was a massively important feud when we look back seven years later. Whereas now, you know, that never open weight championship with Tanahashi as champion, Tanahashi's talking about winking at a sweet science championship and trying to get away from the big hitters. And it's like, well, I'm not yeah, sure that I want that to happen. Also, that might also piss people off. If yeah. they, so they take away the, the intercontinental championship and they basically make the never title the intercontinental gem- championship. Yeah. But not in name. Yeah. Then you're you're basically removing two titles and lineages and histories and yeah. what they're supposed to be. Yeah, and there's also where's the U.S. Championship in there? Is it ever going to get defended in Japan again? You know, people have invested in that title. Look at the people who there's not that many people had it, but everyone who's had it has been a main event player, like John Moxley, Jay White. Juice Robinson, Kenny Omega, Lance Archer. That's a big name of guys who've had that championship. And Mm -hmm. will we ever get to see it in Japan again? Or is it just going to be a territory title that gets defended in a TV studio in California? You know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of intrigue there. Yeah. I never would have expected titles to be this interesting. No. Oh, then we move on to oh, the semi-final. The more I think about this, the sadder I get. Biggest disappointment of the yeah, week. The biggest disappointment of the week is Dave Finley loses to in 21 minutes and 4 seconds. Having said that, it was an incredibly good match. And it was everything to do with Dave Finley. And David was an absolute star performer throughout this match. He's looked better than he ever has done all week long and I knew when he got the opportunity he'd take it with both hands and he has done and he's looked like the main event wrestler I knew he could be if he got serious and had the opportunity and he has done and 
I think he's grown in stature over the last week. And he's a made man now. I cannot say they cannot refuse him a G1 spot now. It just can't be done. And the people are talking about never open weight championship kind of challenges. And that's the kind of thing you need to be doing if he's going to be seen as a serious heavyweight. And I think he can be seen as a serious heavyweight now. And I absolutely adored the way he worked this match. And it was a great story that he told. It's just a shame the wrong guy won. Yeah, I've been saying that for a couple of matches now. Yeah. He just keeps on winning, that guy. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think he might win tomorrow now. But there we go. Which is just, eh, what can you do? But watching Dave Finley this week has been like watching his dad wrestle in 1984. It was Dave Finley the third. <laughs> I wasn't born then. Yeah. No, he was, yeah, but... I've, I tweeted out today, I have never wanted a Finlay to win a wrestling match more than I have done in my 40 years of experience of watching Finlay's wrestle. <laughs> I was minus two at the time. There you go, you see. Um, but yeah, Finlay in 1984 and his big feud with Marty Jones was just absolutely looked like a rock star wrestler. And that's what his son has been wrestling like this week. It's been just... Confidence when he walked to the ring doesn't look like he's even thought about losing, and that's kind of what being a star is, isn't it? I think mm. you know. Um, but there you go, and it's just him, he's there. Uh, there was a very nice moment in the match where David very politely moved B Priestley out of the way so she could hit a boyfriend, which I thought <laughs> was quite cool. It was all right, just like just move off, thank you, bang. Um, but yeah, it was. It all basically boiled down to uh, sliced bread and missing it as Osprey pushed him over the top row, the leg injury, and he sold the leg injury for the rest of the match, which was really, really cool because it kind of gave it the match a story. Someone yeah. someone pointed out on Twitter, I would like to congratulate Dave Finley on make, being the only person in a year to make Will Osprey compelling. Well, that's a high compliment. Yes, there you go. See? Most interesting thing Will Ospreay's done in 12 months. <laughs> Since he's feuded with Hiromu and decided he was a cat. Yes, indeed. Do you want to move on to the main event? Yeah, because I didn't watch Osprey. Uh, yeah. So I can't I, really I comment. I don't really want to watch the main event tomorrow either. I guess I'll have to. Or I will just both go, oh. <laughs> and that's it, it. Happened. it happened. Well, we could always just say, well, this was the result. <laughs> and then end uh, the podcast. Our collective monitors went out, literally. Yeah, for a very long time. Yes, 23 minutes or so. Shingo Takagi defeated Evil in 22 minutes and 43 seconds. And by gum, shenanigans is all I can yeah. say about this. It wasn't awful. It wasn't like Luther's either. It was all right. It was kind of what I expected it to be. It was a great Shingo match, but it's it's the Dick Togos and the the the, the runnings that kind of detract from it for me. Yeah, you know, I I've changed my mind on that. I yeah. actually don't mind Togo. Okay. I'm going to explain why. Please, please enlighten me. <laughs> First it... of all, I think it might also be that I I've only had to watch it for a couple of months. Yeah. So for me, it's not like oh, it's been a year of this shit. <laughs> it's, it's just been three months. Yeah. But I also don't mind it because 
at the moment, they're not going to give Evil more than he's been given. Like, they're not going to make him win New Japan Cup. They're not going to give him title shots. So right now, the story for me is, I've decided that as long as Evil needs Dick Togo, yeah. he's clearly not confident enough to go for titles and win them. Right. So it's like an excuse to, to show that he, he lacks the confidence he needs. So the yeah. moment he loses Togo and he decided he decides I don't need you, that's the moment New Japan needs to give him another push. Yes, I think you're right. I think this little mini push to the main event here, the semi-final here, was just the right thing to do because it re-established him again. Um, but again, it's yeah. I think you. I think you've, you've got to hit the nail on the head there. Everything he's done in the ring has been down to character choices and not wrestling choices because he's no longer noble and he's no longer like the wrestler he used to be in LIJ. And, you know, and it works for some people like Jay White does not wrestle significantly differently to them to the way he was a babyface in, in New Japan for wrestling as a, as a, a young boy. But evil can't do that because the character has changed entirely. He was supposed to be the rock. And yeah, he was always the defender. When Jericho attacked Naito, Evil was the one who uh, stood between Jericho and Naito. Yeah. Like he was the, the shield in a way. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it's. Th that's, that's how the thing. I look at it. I look yeah. at it as Dick Togo allows Evil to have growth in yeah. the future. Yeah. Because either he grows out of needing Dick Togo and becomes a good guy, or he grows out of needing Dick Togo because he's just so good, even as a bad guy, that he doesn't need the shenanigans. Yeah. Like, Jay White has Ghetto, and Ghetto does interfere, but you don't feel like Ghetto's the only reason why Jay White wins. No. Um, and there might come a point where evil reaches that as well. Yeah. Or just gets rid of Togo altogether. And so that's... I don't, I don't mind Togo, but because it feels like it's a, an excuse for New Japan to have a reason why evil is not winning. Yeah. On his own. No, I think you're right. I think this, this is the thing. Is like it's, it was such a jarring change for everybody, and. You know, Lij as they were were loved, and it's yeah, just it's it's just the way it's got to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think I have less of a problem with it. I had no problem with Dick Togo doing this because it's like Kevin Kelly said today. It's a kayfabe thing he said, but without evil, Dick Togo would be working on the independent circuit and scratching a living. He won't be scratching mm -hmm. a living, but he would. Dick Togo will still be doing something with wrestling somewhere and will probably never retire because his style means he doesn't have to retire. You know, he's not a big bump taker. He's looked after his body to an extent. He doesn't look like a guy of 50 should look in, who's been a professional wrestler for his entire career, does he? Really? Mm -hmm. um, and this is another extension of that career. You know, when he was like 48, he came to the UK to do an excursion because he didn't think he knew enough. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like he does there is 
he is the embodiment of what Pororesso should be. He deserves to have a big payday, and this is his big payday, and I have yeah. no issue with him being there. And he's uh, useful in, in various ways. Like, yeah. he builds up evil, but he also builds up Shingo. Yes, Like, exactly. Shingo overcoming two people. Like Kevin Kelly said, he's basically wrestling two people at, at the same time. Mm. Makes for such a heroic victory. Yes. Which is just what you need when you've got a baby face going in up against a heel who has been so despicable in his last match. Yeah. So you need a hero to dispose of that heel. So hopefully and, and he does. And Shingo looked like su such a star, like, like defeating both Togo and Evil. <laughs> Especially because Shingo is, I, I'd say, the heeliest of the LIJ members. Is he? I would have kind of thought Bushy was. Uh, Bushy is in, in personality, in character, I think. But yeah. In actions, I'd say Shingo, I, he scares me the most. <laughs> <laughs> like Naito, I feel like if he, he he wants to be an asshole, he can be a huge asshole, but one kick to the knees and he goes down. Yes. So now that he doesn't care, he's not going to bother. But Shingo, <laughs> if you get him mad, I think he'd be terrifying. Myself and Ross Berman uh, from Tamar's Island had a conversation over Twitter about Sanado this morning because uh, he was. Oh watching old um, matches from uh, the 90s and 2000s, and he was watching Muto wrestle, and he was like, now I see where Sonata came from, and it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, because he was trained by Muto, obviously. And yeah, we had a deep discussion about like Muto's history and Sonata's history, and it was really cool. And yeah, but... Um, yeah, it's going back to Shingo. I think you're right. He's he's the most main event player because he was the ace of another company. You know, there are built-in advantages to him, not just from the draw point of view, but from knowing how to handle yourself in the main event against varied competition. Mm -hmm. It's one of the he reasons. He just looked amazing this tournament. Yeah, he does. He just is. He's a workhorse. That's all there is to it. He knows how to make people look special. Yeah, as well as and, making and himself look special. there's a character to him as well. Like, he's not just confident in his wrestling ability. He can also uh, hold a promo. Yeah. He's been doing that a lot the last couple of weeks. <laughs> to the point where some people are telling him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah so... and, and the, the whole thing, like, he, he's a dragon trying to overthrow a dictator. Which is kind of cool. Yes, yes, that's true. There's all sorts of political analogies we can come up with. <laughs> well, let's not. I don't want to talk about Osprey. Let's not. No. Why should we? Who so we're all it? all hope. I put it um, as Shingo is a lost hope, and someone replied with Obi Wan Takagi, "You're our last hope." Yes, it is. That's that's where we're at now. Uh, we're, like, we're at at the... first, I was like, I hope he loses in one of the two first rounds. And then it was, please don't make him get to the semifinals. <laughs> and then it was, please don't make him get to the final because I don't, I want to be able to watch the final. And now it's, please don't make him win. Yes. Please, Shingo. Please, please, please. Because Shingo versus Ibushi would be awesome. 
Yeah. It really would. It would be a great match. And it might take a bit of taste away if there was an absolutely awesome match uh, from the fans' perspective. Um, yeah, and also, Shingo has already won so much. He defeated yeah. Okada, he defeated Goto, he defeated... Um, who else did he Evil. Like, so many big names. And yeah. he won the tournament. And this is his first uh, New Japan heavyweight title shot, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. So it's okay if he loses. Yeah, yeah, that's it. If, he if it's have a to... huge fight, I still say it, I would put a heel against Ibushi, but... Yeah, just not that one. Just not that one. No. And I not, feel... Lots of grey heels in uh, New Japan, not that one. Not that one. He, he's not a great heel. He's, he's not a great <laughs> heel, and I'm not sure he wants to be. I think he might think it's cool to be a heel, but to be hated is not what he wants. No, he's he wants really to be a cool heel. Yeah, and he's really bad at it. So, I mean, it could improve, I guess. There's always Maybe. a possibility. You know. Might have improved. I I can't tell because I don't watch his his matches. No, he's well, no, he's just. It's difficult for me because it's just horrible, and I don't really want to watch. And I kind of watch it because I have to to be objective. But it is just like, yeah, there's so much other things I could be doing rather than watching this guy. But what can you do? He's there. I and... Leave my room while they yeah. have their match. I was yeah. like, I'm going to clean my room. I'll be back when I see Shingo's face. Bye-bye. Yes, I I sat and watched it. and I wanted to watch Dave have a great match, and he did. Um, but Osprey didn't actually need to be there. <laughs> that's what sucks about it as well. Like Finley's got, had a great match, but then for a lot of people, it's all about, oh, no, Osprey won. And, oh, yeah. no, I didn't want to watch Osprey, or I didn't watch Osprey. Like... You you telling me how great of a match Finlay had makes me sad that I, I didn't watch it. Yeah. But I just can't. No, that's the thing. Because I don't enjoy it, watching yeah. Osprey. That's it. And I think we're not the only ones. And yeah. I think there's... <sighs> it ruins the, the shine for Finlay as well. Yeah. I mean, there's... To be fair to New Japan, it's their company. They can book who they want, and they should be able to book how they want it without us complaining about it. In that sense, and if that's the guy they've picked, that's that's good on for them for being direct about it. But it's clearly problematic for fans that he's in that situation and that he's been given those opportunities that could be given to somebody who just isn't horrible. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'd rather they didn't. And if I had a chance to tell them this. I would tell them this. I've I've sent emails to them that yeah. I don't want Osprey anywhere near them. Yeah. Um, but since I don't have much of an uh, influence on them, I'm just going to do the one thing I can, and that's yeah. not give him any of my attention, but also not give him any... How do you explain it? Like, when I tweet about something, people see it. So I don't mm. want to give him exposure. That's the word no. I was looking for. I don't want to be another person giving him exposure. So the one thing I just I can do is ignore his existence and pretend he's not there. Yeah. And I understand that you can't. Yeah. Because it'd make a very awkward podcast if neither of us. We didn't watch this match. X1. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. And 
if I didn't feel this horrible about him, I would watch it for the podcast, like I do Honma. Normally, I wouldn't watch Honma matches, but if no. I'm going to be on the podcast, I'll watch it. Yeah. But with him, I don't. I don't know. I just can't. No. It's, it's also because I've run in. I had a run in with so many people who've been yeah. negatively impacted by him. Yeah. That, no, I just can't. Yeah. No, no, you can't, and that's. I think that's perfectly reasonable. It's just, I don't see where he is advantageous to the company, in the sense of, all right, he's incredibly talented as a professional wrestler, but you've got guys who are better than him. Yeah. And how, how, is he popular with the Japanese fans? I don't think if he was, then why turn him heel? Is the next question. It's like, it makes me wonder, because I remember him being semi-popular when he was feuding with Hiromu. Yeah. And then, again, everyone semi-popular when feuding with Hiromu. That's it, isn't it? You know. And other than that, I can only imagine that they're doing it for the foreign fans, but... But the foreign most fans... Of his, most of his audience hates him. Like, yeah. you'd expect the UK to have the biggest amount of Osprey supporters, but they don't. No. I think this is the, as well, it's just like, and it's a bit of a thing where, and I'll tell you why it's odd, is because I think New Japan see RevPro as their natural audience in the same way as they used to see Ring of Honor as their natural audience, mm. right? Okay. Yeah. The thing is, there are people who will go to a New Japan show that won't be seen dead at a Rev Pro show. And there are people at a Ring of Honor show who go to a New Japan show won't, won't be seen dead at a Ring of Honor show. And I know of fans, a large stream of fans, especially female fans, who you would have to literally pay and escort to a Ring of Honor show. Yeah, or they went Rev to. Pro as well. Like, the only yeah. reason I went to Rev Pro was because the New Japan guys were there. Yeah. But well, they'll go to a New Japan show that has been organised by Ring of Honor to go watch New Japan Pro Wrestlers wrestle, yeah. but weren't happy about it because it was the only way they'd get to see those people wrestle. Because in Japan, which is much more female friend friendly, because, you know, essentially because guys are politer over there, in public anyway, and you see 40% of the audience being female and people go in their nice dresses and their high heels because they're dressing up because it's an event that they want to go to. You don't get that at a Rev Pro show because it's a very male heavily or male male audience male orientated audience that has a certain mindset which is not conductive to female fans being there. No, no, I I, I don't think New Japan realizes that. No. They you know, go to uh they take their guys to a rough pro show and then they go, oh, well, this is the crowd. Yes. They don't realize that like 50% of the crowd is only there because their guys are there. Yeah. Like That's I it. was. I never would have gone to rough pro. No. If it of course hadn't you been for the New Japan wrestlers. No. And, you know, I think when New Japan ran their own show to a much bigger audience than Rev pro could run, the audience was reflective of that. You know, it was a much more liberal audiences they started chanting anti-brexit chants and were pretty liberal and there was a lot more women in the audience 
Progress Wrestling had a much more female orientated audience than Rev Pro does. Yeah. They were much closer. <laughs> but Progressive were awful. <laughs> and continue to be awful. So there you go. That's such a disappointment, though. Like, I never watched Progress, so I'm not going to say they disappointed me, me personally. They disappoint me personally. I'm quite happy to say that, and and Sai yeah. and Sai as well. Sai was the biggest they progress fan. They were supposed to be like the role model. Yeah. The way a wrestling promotion was supposed to run, and they had so many, especially female and LGBT supporters that were really on their side. Yeah. And they completely ruined that. They, it's just. Not even the promotions that are supposedly trying to do okay yeah. can be trusted. No. Like you can trust no one in wrestling. No, that's it. Not it's... even the ones who are telling you that they're on your side are actually on your side. No. That's it's just Yeah, it is just horrible. It's disappointing but not surprising. As that, we say that's so often. Uh, wrestling's tagline. Yes. Disappointing but not surprising. Yes. There you go. Not, not surprisingly so. Maybe. No, which is kind of us being on a downer for this show just because one match was awful. Well, it wasn't even awful. It was a good quality match. It was just that the participants in it was <laughs> that awful. That makes it even worse, you know. Yeah. Like, it's a good match, but the, one of the guys in it is just such a horrible person that the entire match is ruined Yeah. for, for both of the wrestlers. Yeah. I, th- th- I think as well as... New Japan don't see themselves as a political entity when they actually are. Yeah, and they should be. Yeah, and, you know, because Ring of Honor is a political organization in the sense that they work for Sinclair Broadcasting, one of the most right-wing media companies in the world, who are happy to be, you know, very vocal about the fact that they promote right-wing ideologies. And, you know, it's reflected in their roster with people like the Briscoes and, you know... Bully Ray. Bully Ray and um, Silas Young. I don't think particularly Silas is an awful human being, but he is that. His gimmick no, he is, is also yeah, some stuff. Yeah, but his gen, his gimmick is essentially being toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I mean. Is like I hadn't heard too much horrible stuff about him. I heard some stuff that wasn't good, <laughs> but you know, it's it's still that audience doesn't fit well with a female demographic. It just doesn't. And but again, I think it's that centrism thing, isn't it? Well, if we just encompass everybody, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, it's the case of some fans will go for New Japan guys again, because I remember there being uh, a, sh- a couple of shows where on every show it was Evil and Sonata against Bully Ray and another person I don't remember. Yeah, and people were like. I don't want to see Bully Ray. Oh, yeah. it was um, no Naito, Evil, and Sonata versus Bully Ray and the Briscoes. Yeah, that's it. So you've got Lij versus three horrible human beings. Yeah, that's it. And people are like, I have to choose between my once in a lifetime opportunity to see Lij wrestle in my hometown or my country. Yeah. Or support three horrible people. Yeah, that's... and that's a very difficult decision to make. Because yeah. for some people, it's easy. Mm. But I remember when I went to Ref Pro the day before, they, I think it was Bram, mm. they were supporting. 
Yeah. And I was like, what do I do? I've paid so much money. I'm going to travel to the UK. I'm going to go to several Eve shows. And I'm going to, I was supposed to go to RevPro. Do I cancel that now? Yeah. This was my one chance to yeah. go see my favorite guys. And the promotion the day before I was supposed to leave did something awful. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's just... And you have to weigh that. And it's so difficult. That's the thing. It's like, it's, and it's not, it, the, the trouble is the people that do, do not care about that kind of thing often outnumber the people who do care about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because. And the promotions have a hard time distinguishing between the two because the crowd is full. Yeah. They don't know that half of them are there against their will, kind of. Yes, that's the thing. It's just like, this is, it's, it's where do you, it, it becomes harder and harder for fans to voice their displeasure at stuff. I mean, though there have been examples, the Sam Adonis incident in Redpro um, is a good example. You know, um, Bram just being like, uh, well, people refusing to work with him in certain cases. One of the reasons why he works in the States all the time is because he can't get gigs in the UK anymore. Um, and a lot of that comes down to, well, Bram's a specific case, but it's because he's so, uh, what's the word, adamant that what he's done was in the past, but he's never really, he's apologised for it, but not particularly wholeheartedly, and gone on record as saying he wished it was the old days and he could have got some mileage out of it. So, That's the thing. Like, yeah. So many guys give apologies that are clearly not apologies. Yeah. And then never show that they're actually sorry. Mm. Or that they understand what, what they did wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. We're ending the show on a downer again. Yeah. Can we can we think of something fun to <laughs> end it on? Dave Finley has had the best week any wrestler has had in about five years. Let's oh, yeah. And, and we know that the next show has wrestler unidentified against wrestler unidentified yes which is going to be really fun i think yeah we're going to have um x versus x which x are you favoring i'm sh i'm favoring the x with a mullet oh can is that a mullet probably they called it a mullet on the commentary <laughs> yeah kind of a mullet it's it, it, you couldn't get it much shorter at the front or longer at the back could you <laughs> no <laughs> he's kind of balding as well, so it's it's interesting. He's been balding since he was a young boy. It was about the only hairstyle he could have, though. So, so yeah. But yes. So awkward silence. Indeed. Yes. Shall we call it a day there? Yes, let's. Indeed. Join us tomorrow for today at the last today at the New Japan Cup until the next New Japan Cup. Hopefully not earthquakes. Yes. We would like it to be safe building for everybody and have an enjoyable evening's entertainment uh, in, in Sendai there. And perhaps pick a smaller building next time. But anywho, take care. We'll speak to you tomorrow for the last Today at the New Japan <laughs> Cup with me and Christy. And, uh, well, until next year. We should do this again, I think. Until it's, next year. <laughs> until next year. Or until Best of Super Juniors. How about that? Okay. <laughs> okay. okay.
All right, then. Take care, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. My name's James Troop, and you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. Where can we find you, Christy? You can find me on Twitter at SmartInfested, which is my personal account, and then NJPWGIFTS if you want to see some you know, Japan GIFTS. You can also find the show and the channel at Troopini Show on Twitter. You can find us on the Facebook, the Facebook, Facebook, uh, Facebook, uh, Troopini Show, and on Patreon, Troopini Show, where you can keep the Troopini Show free forever for everyone. Take care, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Mm-hmm.